I am Sergio from the Dodgeball Podcast, and here with me I have... Kim Wynn. Uh, I'm a player for Outsiders, and I'm also the host of the Rushdown Podcast. Very soft-spoken individual, as you can tell, but we'll <laughs> definitely break him out of his shell <laughs> as we go along here. So uh, let's get with your, let's start with your jersey number. So what's your jersey number, or what's the story behind it? Uh, my jersey number, my jersey number is number four, and I don't know why it's always stuck with me throughout my life. Um, it's also the day of my birthday, December fourth. So mm. I, I just stuck with four, and it's just, it's always been that number where you're like, you just see it randomly, like you'd be sitting at a table. Oh, I'm sitting at table four, or oh, I'm seat four. Just kind of, it's always there. So. So it's a number that somehow always follows you. Kind of like, yeah. um, I don't know if you've seen this film. Uh, it's actually a really good film by Jim Carrey called The Number 23. Never seen so it. Swear- oh, my God, dude. <laughs> okay. So this is for the people at home. This is going to kind of show you how old I am, right? I think this movie came out in like 2004, or 2003. But it was like, it, I wanted, yeah, long ago, right? You were probably two. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um it's about Jim Carrey, Jim Carrey, who at this time is playing a more serious character, is more horror thriller driven. He's obsessed with this number and its coincidences with history. Now he's always sitting at, you know, table three or I'm sorry, table 23, or, you know, he looks at the clock and his big hand on, on three, little hand on two kind of thing. Like he's always obsessed about it and it kind of consumes him. And it seems like that's kind of like, Hopefully not the level of obsession, uh, obsession <laughs> you have, but um, seems to follow you everywhere you go. So you're not like a closeted Brett Favre fan or anything like that. It's just a number. Nope, just a just a number. <laughs> <laughs> I would ho- uh, I would hope it wouldn't be a, a Green Bay reference, especially you're in Texas. Um, so, <laughs> so not born and raised though. No, I know that you're from Florida. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you played with a couple of my boys out there. Uh, we'll definitely yeah. talk about them in a bit. Uh, so when did you start playing dodgeball? What was your first uh, experience like? Oh, gosh. Um, so I think it was the beginning of high school, so 2012. Um, <laughs> that was my freshman year. I started going to this trampoline park, and I just my friend just invited me to come out, and I didn't know there was dodgeball. We didn't even know it was dodgeball there. We just went there to go jump, and – we saw dodgeball and we just hopped over there and started playing it. And ever since I just started playing. <laughs> so you started on the UDC side of things pretty much. It wasn't actually sky zone. It was like a, a random one-off trampoline park. It was called airheads trampoline arena. And it was, it was interesting. It was very like plain, like sky zones, like pretty like big and like has all these different attractions, but, this trampoline part was just trampolines and just nets that would cut off different areas. So, <laughs> so it was just kind of like, not like, uh, how do you say, not, not as big as McDonald's, but it's more like a small mom and pop. Part. Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely a small company. Um, yeah. I just started playing like being up on normal people. And then I started <laughs> gained like some competitive tournaments and, the rule sets were funny back then. It was you had to jump before you throw. Wait, what? Yeah. So because you're on trampolines, they would expect you to jump. So you would jump, then throw. So you kind of like you kind of like made your own meta to where you don't just jump straight up and throw. You kind of like curl hop, mm. but you're also like pushing off. So you're kind of in the air. Kind of in the air, but kind of skirting it a little bit. Yeah, it's kind of like gray area, but. <laughs> okay. Um, well, that's interesting because 
you said you started in 2012. I'm, I'm going to go further back. I started <laughs> in 04 in high school. And the weirdest rule we had, and I don't know if you, again, you were way younger than me. Um, I don't know if you had these like Nerf balls that had like a little tail on them, like a, like a missile tail. Yeah, I know what you're they, talking they about. They threw hard enough. If you threw uh-huh. hard enough, they whistled. The whistle? I love that noise. Oh, dude. So we so we played that with seven and eight and a quarter foam, and we had three of those balls in, in the gym. And the rule with that was if you got hit with it, you were out for the entire game. <laughs> I don't think that was by choice. I think that was by, like, on purpose because you are going to knock out by that thing. Oh, I've seen I, – I, I know I gave <laughs> – Plenty of people, Charlie horses when I threw that, because at the time I could throw, throw that better than the foam ball. Now it's kind of like in reverse. Yeah. But yeah, that was like the weirdest rule, but that has more, more stakes to it. You just had to jump. To... <laughs> yeah. It was very interesting rule. They eventually got rid of it, but it was very interesting starting Any, off. Anyone from the high school that um, eventually grew and uh, played elite and premiere that we would know. So I actually, so uh, a couple years after I started playing with my my best friend at the time, that's when I started beating Ryan and Trey Fatzinger, and they were mm. on Ascension. And they hated me at first. <laughs> they hated my guts, and you can ask them, they'll say the same thing. And eventually we just started playing together, and that screw a friendship. <laughs> they, hate, <laughs> they hated you from the very beginning, but once they could see you could ball, they were like, all right, this guy, is he valid? Yeah, we just we both just wanted to gun at each other's heads, and you and just, the brothers, or one of the brothers and you, the brothers would come at me, and I would come at them. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. It's a, a funny thing about them. Um, actually, well, I, I wouldn't say that they hated me, but my first time meeting them, and essentially meeting you in the same time was when we went to Memphis in twenty twenty nineteen. Yeah, twenty nineteen. Mm-hmm. We're in Memphis. And this happened like during co-ed uh, no sting because it was open 8.5 and co-ed no sting at the time. And Devin and Trey like tapped me on the shoulder. Devin Parham and, and Trey Fatsinger. And, I, and I'm going to tag them when this episode airs because they know what I'm, I'm about to say. Um, they tapped me on the shoulder and playfully, but they were like, no, nah, we want to get that back. And they were talking about the match that we just took from them. Like, took in the last second in the catch. And you're like, no, we want, we want to beat you and, and outsiders. No, we got to get that back. You're the only teams that beat us all day. I'm like, all right, you, I'm right here, bro. I'm right here. We can get it. It's cool. <laughs> and the, just, just, yeah, those guys are competitive. And I mean, if you can get their respect, that, that's major points. But I just wanted to point that out there because that, that sounds very much like how, how <laughs> I kind of met them at first. Yeah, I miss them. I, I'm sad that they all retired, but. They're such a fun group of guys, and they're so good too. In uh, what when you played with them, um, what what, uh, what was their UDC team um, in in Florida? So we we went to UDC as a team once. Uh, we were called Story of the Year, and that was twenty seventeen. I think 17. is when we went. Yeah. And what was that experience like for you? meeting all the players from all over realizing it's a lot bigger than what you've seen in your parks. Oh yeah. It was, it was crazy. So I had gone to UDC the year before with tune squad in 2016 and that had opened my eyes. Cause I had thought I was going to walk in and just be the baller. <laughs> and then I got humbled really quick. <laughs> and then when 2017 came around, I wanted to bring my close friends 
Ryan and Trey and our own team. And again, humbled again. We thought we were just going to go in and take it, but it was, it was a great experience. I loved UDC. I miss UDC so much. I think, yeah, I, I wouldn't, I would probably not be controversial in saying, I think we all miss UDC and the production value, especially in its final year. Oh, hundred percent. I don't think we will ever see that again, but if we do, that means we've made it at least. Yeah. yeah. Because the, the kind of prize money they were giving out, plus the money they were investing and all those like video packages for the players. Crazy, crazy yeah. amount of that, product that they put into it. Gnarly. And the fact that they had, you know, players from like England come through. I got my boys over there. I think <laughs> they were what? Last time it was in Chicago, right? Yeah. It was in Chicago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it, trust me, if, if it, I, I'm, I'm not going to disagree with you. If it does get to that point, we've made it <laughs> again. Because yeah, we, we've, seen, we've seen what it can do. You know, when we put our, you know, best foot forward and in, in investments and all otherwise be be clean. So you played a lot of times in during trampoline. What inspired you to take your game from trampoline? I don't want to say the floor, but to regular <laughs> dodgeball, because I, I swear to God, if you say floor, I will cut this right now. <laughs> so I transitioned to floor dodgeball. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's it. I'm just, go ahead. <laughs> um, so I think it was 2017. I don't, I can't remember what elite round it was in Louisiana. I don't remember where in Louisiana, but it was a it was for the first round. I think it was no, it was 2018. So 2018 round one south. It was somewhere in Louisiana, and Matt Giovinco had just moved down to Florida. Yep, and so he would come to our practices at Sky Zone and stuff and. He wanted to bring a team to the South. So he's was gracious enough to drive me and another uh, guy all the way from Florida to Louisiana to play some dodgeball. <laughs> Hold up. You guys drove essentially four states. You guys did not fly for that nope. tournament. We we drove. And half mm-hmm. the team was like under under 18. So <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that couldn't have been any more awkward. Um, you have one yeah. person who can legally drink and the others who can probably <laughs> take shots of Capri Sun in the back. Yeah, and the funny thing is, like, after that tournament, we walked down, uh, what's that famous road in Louisiana with all the uh-huh. bars and stuff? Oh. 7th Street? Is that what it's called? No. Wait, is it called 7th Street? No. Um, I don't know. I know what you're talking about because I could picture it in my mind. And the reason I can picture it, because I remember the last time I went over there, I had an Airbnb on that street. Dang. And it was the best and the worst experience for me. Yeah, I can imagine. But but I I, I, no, was it Bourbon Street? I think it's Bourbon. Bourbon. I think it's Bourbon Street. There it is. Yeah. So me and my other, uh, my friend Jacob, who's also underage, we're just walking down walking past these drunk people and everyone's just going to the bars and we're just waiting on the sidewalk just waiting to go <laughs> back to the to the house <laughs> so you you guys all had a team house but you're you and your friend were waiting out on the sidewalk and yeah just, and just to just to be clear i did do some research the team was called stingers yes um it was you the fat singers matt my boy michael and uh patrick pat- Patrick, Patrick. Yeah. There we go. So, so wait a minute. The only, well, I mean, other than Matt and Michael, pretty much, yeah, the rest of you guys were high schoolers. Yep. 
yep, yep. And you guys drove all the way from Florida to Louisiana, got second place in your first tournament. Oh, don't 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 sell yourself short. <laughs> I did some research on you. We were got second place, <laughs> and we go and you go act like we didn't. We, we're gonna skip that. <laughs> and just because you couldn't drink at the bar doesn't mean you couldn't get like shots of pop at, at at the Airbnb or wherever you guys were staying at. No, I was a good little boy. You were a good little boy. So, yeah. so if I if I call Trey right now and ask him how you guys were, he, he's not going to say you calling cap on that. You have to call him on that one. Okay, I'll call. Oh, man. I'll do it. I'll do it after this. Don't even get it twisted. Don't even not. I will. I will edit his voice into this thing if I have to. <laughs> <laughs> so. And then also, what did you think of playing with uh, 8.5 balls at the time? Oh, gosh. 8.5. That was like probably only a handful of times that we practiced before. And we're still practicing on trampolines. So, of course, it's going to be way different. And 8.5 is such a whole different ball type. It's It was so heavy and big. But at the same time, I'm also – what I started off playing with was 8.25 foam. Yeah. So, I, I guess I had like that big ball feeling mm. already but but the heaviness and the the sting from 8.5 will i didn't get used to it until i was there <laughs> i just want to point out to the people at home this is the first time he broke eye contact with me on the video chat so he's reliving some uh bruising right now he's reliving some of the bruises and busted <laughs> yeah seeing 8.5 ball for the first time being thrown at you hard is very scary Oh yeah, no, no doubt. Especially if it's thrown by you, um, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll say it. I'll say it. you definitely leveled me a few times. So, other than that day, and we going going through that whole first season, you guys do pre- pretty well. You actually moved to Texas during that season. Is that right? Uh, I can't. Remember. I think I moved in 2018. You moved the following year. Yeah, I think I moved the following year. Okay, kind of kind of went ahead in my my research on that end what was the first experience like with elite um as a team as a team uh, how did you feel about elite personally versus playing on trampolines i my my love will forever be with trampolines i i love trampolines i wish it would come back and if i had to choose between trampoline and floor dodgeball i'd choose trampoline <laughs> yeah we're not saying floor ever again um, <laughs> um <laughs> But playing elite was great. I loved having my eyes open by all this great competition and seeing these people that I've seen on GoPro YouTube videos. Like, I felt like starstruck my first year seeing great players like Ketchum, the Doom guys, and uh, and like all the like top players at the time. It was just it was great. It was a great feeling, especially that Nationals in Minnesota. It was it was awesome. Any particular highlights from uh, Minnesota's Nationals that you like to bring up? Any interesting meetups? Or <laughs> uh, I think my favorite memory from 2018 Nationals was I got picked as an All Star, and we're playing. It was South versus East, and it was off the pitch. And I did a no look uh, throw to the corner. I wasn't even aiming. I just threw it off like a no look, and I blasted Billy in the chest, and it made a huge bang and everyone went oh <laughs> you you hit a no look on billy in the all-star game yeah i'm pretty sure he was uh he wasn't all there but 
it was my highlight. <laughs> no, I mean, hey, you you light Billy up. That's a highlight for anyone. No, don't 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 sell yourself short. That's going to probably be the theme of this episode. Don't sell yourself short. I mean, that 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 little thud was loud enough for everyone to hear in the gym. Does anyone uh, you know if anyone caught the footage of that? Um, I think if you go back on the Elite Dodgeball with their live streams, uh, it's there. I've I've watched it a couple of thousand times. So. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you said a couple thousand times. You didn't say a couple times, a couple here and there. You said a, thou- a couple thousand times. Yep. I, I've watched a lot of film in my life. <laughs> <laughs> so during your first year, to kind of like encapsulate this part of your, your story, uh, what who are you most starstruck by? And who is the one player you want to shout out that like helped you as far as like advice and just pretty much being sage towards you during your rookie year? Um, so someone that really helped me in my beginning of the career, uh, who actually like was there and like taught me different things was Matt, Matt, Gio- Matt Giovinco, mm. seeing the stuff that we do and like the way he would lead us, especially during that first round in Louisiana, kind of like showed me like how to play actual dodgeball, not just hero ball, and, like how to play as a team. Uh Watching on film, like I watched a lot of Justin Pine and Billy Schmidt. Uh, just seeing how polarizing they are in the middle and how much they can dictate a game. Uh, I basically ripped Billy Schmidt's uh, backs, like sliding back catch thing that he does. I, mm. I do the same thing. I yeah. thought it was so cool, and I, I wanted to do that so bad, and I still do it today. So I've seen you do that a few times. Yeah. It's Sometimes at my expense. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's something that uh, I I took from a top player from the time. So, yeah, for sure. You know, some people would look at look at what you're doing and think, well, okay, you have plenty of basketball players who will take away, you know, Kobe's fadeaway or you know, LeBron's one one legged jumper or you, know, you you took that scoop back little slide catch. So you just you're just taking from greatness that was already established. Yep. If it works for them, it should work for me too, right? <laughs> For sure. Even if it doesn't look as pretty. Yep. <laughs> it will in time. Trust me. So in your second year, you moved to Texas. What what was that experience like? Because um, I imagine you're a young kid. I don't know your life too well, but I can't imagine you've ever lived outside of your home state at this point. Yeah. So this is actually the first time I ever moved out and I moved out of state. Um, I went through a rough time. I had to get out of the country. Or not country. I had to get out of the state. <laughs> and I chose Texas. Um Honestly, huge shout out to Joe Martinez and Kathy Martinez. They they housed me. They brought me in. They treated me like I was their own son. I was part of their family, and I stayed with them for I don't I don't I don't remember. It was more than a couple of months, and then I finally had moved out of their house and shared a apartment with Jake Haber, my other teammate, and. Lived there for another couple months, and then I actually had moved back to Florida for a couple months, and then moved back to Texas. <laughs> <laughs> so you pretty much stayed with the outsiders. You guys are more than a family on the court. This is pretty much what I'm hearing. You're more, yeah, yeah. You're more of a family off the court, just as much, if not more, so on it. Yeah, we're we we all have a very close bond with each other. That's really cool. Um, and I can yeah, I can say that having seen you guys, having played against you guys, like. 
having seen you guys, like you can tell when they're, and this is for the people at home, back when we had regions and we would have to go to, you know, your own region, wherever your team was, you can always tell where the outsiders were because they always brought their family. Like you can yeah. always tell the <laughs> corner with the most like backpacks and gym bags and lawn chairs, that one corner with like the most of it, that's them. And if they had like a, a keg stand of pickle juice, I don't know whoever brings that pickle juice, but that was you- wrecking balls. <laughs> no, that was you guys. No, that was wrecking balls. They were sponsored by a pickle juice company. <laughs> oh, that, wait, no, you're right. Okay. Well, I do remember one time one of you guys might have swiped one of them keg stands from it. Maybe. Him. Maybe. I don't remember. <laughs> All you guys cramping up in your old age. Yeah. I see that as I turn 36. <laughs> um, so playing with them your first year, how how is that like? You come and to kind of to kind of give you give you the the, the stage and, and platform. So you already played your first year with um, Stingers. You are, you are you got your feet wet. You already got some advice from Nationals. You already know what you need to do and what to work on. Now you're taking that over to outsiders and helping them you know, in their dominant and dominance in, uh, was it 2018? Yeah. 2018. Yeah. So after that first round with stingers, uh, outsiders had reached out to me and I pulled a LeBron and I'm pulling my talents to South side. <laughs> no, <I'm just> kidding. <laughs> <Like that. laughs> um, no, they reached out to me and I knew stingers was going to be a, a consistent team to come out and play dodgeball. And I, I really wanted to go like, head first i wanted to go straight into dodgeball i wanted to be like all in on this so mm-hmm. i knew outside was going to be a consistent team so they reached me out really reached out to me and i i took the offer i came over and then playing we had a huge roster we had like eight men we had a full roster and playing with them was was it felt right like i didn't feel out of place it just it felt like i was supposed to be here Mm. so it was just like love at first sight essentially so it was love at first sight even before we met in uh, memphis yeah what was uh and i think and i asked this question last time in my last interview with phil and i think you kind of alluded to it but i wanted i want to i want to get an answer from you at what moment or moments during that first year when you realized you know what i made the right i made the right choice to come here like to this team um so yeah uh great question by the way so (laughs) (laughs) when i hung out with them uh when they when they reached out to me i hung out with them at their house at joe's house and it we were all bonding and like talking like building new friendships it just it just felt like we're a family and this is before i I even like said a word to them and it just it just felt so natural to be with them that I, I, I couldn't leave that. So it just, it just felt right. So it wasn't even like they, you didn't even say a single word yet. You just already knew like from this get together, this dinner at Joe's house, like you made the right choice. Yeah. hundred percent. Nice. You see, when I, when I ask that question, it often comes out as like little moments here and there to kind of verify it, or it's like a big moment. And for you, it was like a big moment even before touching a dodgeball practicing with them yeah so 2018 what nationals was that that was minnesota no no no, i'm sorry no 2019 sorry 2019 um one national that was austin right? that was austin yeah so 
from that season leading up to Austin, individually, how did you feel you were uh, did for the Outsiders? And so we're not I think talking about nationals at this point, just thinking about the first three rounds. Yeah. So that was probably my prime. Uh, that was probably the best dodgeball shape I'd ever been in. Um, uh, my shoulder worked perfectly fine. Um, I was, I'll, I'll get into it later, but, uh, yeah. I was, I was at my fittest. I was at my smallest and I feel like individually that was by far my best year I've ever had leading up to nationals. And the team was just clicking. We're all, we're all hitting our stride going into nationals. And then we could talk about nationals a little bit if you want to get oh, into yeah, that. Oh, yeah, for sure. No, we'll definitely get into that. And I kind of want to, you know, throw in my perspective on this one. Like, at least from the outside looking in, so to speak. Um, yeah, you guys, you took every medal in, in the South. You pretty much took every Open and even co-ed medals. Like, you guys are, like, clear-cut. Like, there was there was you guys, and then there was the rest of us. And then you, ha- I mean, you may have had like a couple of people nipping at the heels every now and then, but you guys, that particular year, like you, ju- you guys swept the South, like Doom swept <laughs> the West. And I don't know, Doom wasn't even around that time, but like in, in years past, Doom or Rides would just sweep the, the West and you guys just swept the South. And now you guys are going into your home turf, probably like four hours away from Dallas, I think it is, <laughs> into yeah, Austin. Just about. And you guys realize Nationals is on your home turf. There's got to be some level of uh, state pride on the line. Like, no, we got to show them how we do it out here kind of thing. Yeah, we we wanted to win so bad. We wanted to win just – we obviously wanted to win everything, but, of course, we just wanted to win just a division. Yeah. Um, so we go into it. I think the first division that we played was co-ed 8.5, mm. really. And I think it was like maybe – our second or third game into it, Elijah gets hurt. Um, he either he tore, he tore something or strained something like his, uh, I can't remember what it was. It was something it was in his like, shoulder, his shoulder or back, something like that. Yeah. So that, that took a huge toll on us. Um, and then I think the next day we did co-ed nosting or open nose thing, and then I hurt my shoulder. Ooh. And my shoulder hasn't been the same sense because I'm stubborn and hasn't been to a doctor. <laughs> um, really stubborn. <laughs> yeah. And then Jake was having some elbow stuff. It was, it was just leading up to it, we were so confident. And then when it came to Nationals, everything like kind of crumbled. Um, we still had great showings, though. Yeah. Uh, we still had a great time. It's just we didn't uh achieve what we wanted unfortunately unfortunately you guys got hit with the uh injury bug yeah. essentially early on and like that's the work at me getting bit by the injury bug is bad enough but i wouldn't want to start a tournament like that i feel yeah. like you know what i mean like yeah. that's a, like that's a that's i don't want to say impossible challenge but that's a challenge as close to it as you can get and i mean i do remember watching some of the streams and you guys still managed to put on a good show from what I, from what I saw. I mean, from what I think if anything, based on the streams that I saw like a couple of years ago um, from Austin, I think the national narrative would be, this is Elijah and everyone else. Yeah. But I mean, I know you guys, I played against you guys. You guys are a lot more deeper than one player. And mm-hmm. what I saw 
albeit a very valiant valiant effort wasn't a surprise like i know how deep you guys are and yeah it just sucks that you guys had to have like a rash of injuries right off the bat um and you say you still don't feel the same or anything like yeah um was it a so honestly i i really don't know what it was i threw um i threw the i threw the nosing ball and i just felt like pins and needles all down my arm down to my fingertips and my arm just hung and i was like that's not good like so like dead to its side yeah, I had thrown and like when you're like kind of leaning forward and my arm just hung down, I was like, this is not good. So the rest of that term, I just ate a bunch of ibuprofen and just pushed it as far as I could and wasn't very smart because I was young <laughs> back when I didn't stretch either. So, oh, yeah, I used to despise <laughs> stretching. Now that's I have to do it every day. <laughs> I'm like, hold up, despise stretching. I look forward to that. I do that. I still hate stretching. I hate stretching, stretching so much, but it's such a necessary thing to do. Yeah. No, you're not wrong. Uh, For me, for me, I find it more like meditative. Like if I'm stretching, kind of like leave me alone, kind of thing. I'm just like zoned out in my own world. I'm kind of like, um, who who said this? Vaughn. Yeah, his meditations. <laughs> no, okay. Bond does his little meditations and stuff like that. That's that's him. I, I personally don't do that. But when I st- when I start stretching and everything, that's sort of like my time to like just like back off kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> like if I'm stretching out, like if everyone's in the gym and I'm stretching out in the hallway or the or for whatever reason the parking lot or last time I think I stretched out in the bathroom. Just, mm-hmm. just let me have my moment. <laughs> that's your that's your getting your zone time. Yeah, something like that. Um, <laughs> So I kind of want to ask you from your perspective, because granted, outsiders didn't achieve what they wanted at Austin, but you guys saw Elijah win the showdown. What was that feeling like for you, essentially watching some someone you'd consider like a little brother winning you know, a, a tournament like that on the national level? Yeah, that was that was amazing. Um, our first national win as a team is Elijah winning showdown. And it was, it was such a great feeling. Our whole team was there right behind him uh, on the sidelines, cheering him on. We would, I was water boy, gave him some water. We <laughs> gave him some pep talks and it was such a great feeling seeing him win. He, he deserved it. He was putting in so much work at the time. And this was before he really blew up as a player. And it, it was, it was such a great feeling watching him win. So yeah, I, I would yeah, I kind of wanted to bring that full circle because I didn't want to leave the story of nationals in Austin on a sour note. Like yeah, you guys had a, a, a rush of in, a, a, you know stung by injuries left and right, but obviously there was something you guys took home collectively, you know, through through Elijah in 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 pride in pride for the win. So I yeah. kind of wanted to bring that full circle. Yeah, um, and he won that wall hurt too, by the way. <laughs> yeah, and he Which won that. <laughs> With a with a bum shoulder or back or tricep or what, but I do remember hearing a lot of people saying, "Yo, he got hurt early," and I'm like, "What happened?" <laughs> and he's still yeah. playing. <laughs> so obviously the pandemic hit us hard, and we're gonna skip that. But I do wanna I do wanna ask you this: You recently had a child, like a year ago. Yes. Uh, what does it feel like being a parent? Oh, it's great. I love being a parent. Um, obviously, you just have to sacrifice sleep your life, everything that you loved and 
no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's great. I love being a dad. Um, seeing my son grow and becoming the little boy he is, is it's such an amazing feeling that you can't replicate with anything else. Yeah, you, you join a very exclusive uh, club there as far as, you know, dodgeballer, dodgeballers who are who are dads, who are parents. So I kind of always like anytime I hear like a father on the podcast, I'm like, I got to hear like, what's that like on your end? Like, you know, you're not only playing for the national title, but you're also playing for, you know, father of the year. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's cool. Yeah. It's so awesome. It's it's a little tough uh, having to work your schedule around being a, a family and then dodgeball. But I try to make as much time as I can for both. So, oh, for sure, for sure. I mean, obviously, your priorities are shifted, but yeah. we appreciate appreciate and love you for it. So, let's kind of go back in time. Um, did you have any sports background growing up? So, I actually did not play any competitive sports. Of course, I played like some backyard football with some friends and stuff. But I never, my mom never allowed me to play sports growing up. Really. Yeah, she was a very academic, uh, strict mom. So when I would go to the trampoline parks, I would kind of just like sneak out, not sneak out, but like, hey, I'm going to go study, but I'm going to go play dodgeball. <laughs> <laughs> and I would pay with quarters of change because <laughs> <laughs> I was a broke high school student. <laughs> yeah, we all were. <laughs> yeah, you want to? I used to have this hustle, um, and I wish they would have had. This is gonna sound old. I wish they would have had Twitch back then because um, in the state of Michigan, when I went to high school, I was a competitive Tekken player. Mm -hmm. I would always like you know twenty bucks, fifty bucks here at this tournament or whatever, and that's not a lot of money for for a high school kid. That's like lunch money for a month or something like that. You know what I mean? So yeah, <laughs> there was a time where like I think I went to a GameStop and played a tournament, but they paid me out in like quarter rolls. Oh. <laughs> What the heck? <laughs> like, I'm not kidding. They're like $500 cash prize. Was it Tekken Tag? I think it was. Mm -hmm. Come to this one you know, out in Seven Mile or wherever, you know, from Detroit, whatever. So I go out there. They paid me. This is how my grandma looked at this. I'm like, they really did this, didn't they? Yeah. They gave me like a like a shoebox. <laughs> I shit you not, a shoebox with those like quarter rolls, $10 quarter rolls. And it was like, how many was it like 50 for like $500 and they put mm. it in the shoe box and gave it to me. I'm like, <laughs> I got to pay, I got, I got to pay lunch money with this. Like this, this, and my, my lunch lady probably thinking this kid's selling drugs. How do you have all these quarters? Like I go through the metal detectors. Why are they going off? Like, trust me, I paid with quarters before too, bro. I know what it is. I know it's like, <laughs> isn't it crazy how far esports have evolved? Dude. <sighs> This is going to be another tangent. <laughs> We're probably going to lose half the audience right now, but half the audience are gamers anyway. But yes, yes, I, I wish I would. I wish there was an Evo EVO event during that time because I felt like I would have taken it. Think so? I Man, think so. Evo is the especially, greatest thing of all. Especially in Tekken Tag, like Tekken, because obviously this was back in the day. This is Tekken Three and Tekken Tag at the time, and I was really good at Tekken Tag, mm. and I, I would have taken some people's money. I would have taken some people's money for sure. Like that's not even a question. That's not even a question. I would have taken people. I I even go on this. I even go record right now. If anyone's got Tekken Tag on the emulator and want <laughs> me to bring the sticks and lose some money in your own home, let me know. I got that's it. That's awesome. I <laughs> suck at Tekken. I'm so bad at fighting games. <laughs> what, what's your What's your go to uh, video game or genre? So I growing up, I love playing Call of Duty. Call of Duty is my game. 
I I really early on I got into like competitive Call of Duty. Um I played it basically all my life. So nice. Um for me, like it wasn't Call of Duty, but there was a another game called Medal of Honor that I used to play mm-hmm. a lot. Man, that and, and for me it was because like I love anything World War II related, so that yeah. was just perfect shoe in for me. Um, that's interesting. You did not, <laughs> you were almost not allowed to play sports growing up, and you're one of the top dodgeball athletes in the country. So it's kind of like full circle thing. Yeah. We did not expect. Yeah. <laughs> dodgeball is the only sport I really played. <laughs> dodgeball is the only sport you really played and the only sport you really grew at. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> after the pandemic, what would you say, other than being a father, was your biggest change to your game? Oh, so I'll get into this one. So after the <laughs> pandemic, um, so the thing happened, my my wife uh, got into labor prematurely. So my son was a premature baby. And after the thing, um, my life fully revolved around my son. Uh I didn't do anything dodgeball related. I, I kind of like took a hiatus from dodgeball. Um, granted, like there wasn't much dodgeball going around anyways. Right. But I didn't go to any practices. I didn't go to any open plays. Uh, so I kind of just fell out of love with dodgeball. Um, I was really considering just not playing, not going back anymore. Because uh, I didn't know how I'd find time for dodgeball or uh, do I still have it in me? Um because I was really demoralized with my shoulder. Mm. Uh, it, it hasn't been the same since 2019. Um, I, I could tell my game isn't as good as it was before pandemic. So I, I was just like, I had no more fire in me. So it was, it was, it was a brutal time, but we're here. <laughs> I mean, clearly we're here. What brought you back or who, who, who brought you? I feel like the, the way you came back, somebody or a series of people was in your ear and talking about you you could do this you still got an, you still got it in you you know what i mean because i don't uh, see you retiring and you going away in silence <laughs> like i see this is how i see it if you were to post hey guys you know had a good run i'm over i'm done there's gonna be some people knocking in your dms talking about you want to come back for one last try or do a farewell tour with us or something like that there's, there's definitely some people that you told during this time maybe in texas primarily but yeah they somebody there kept you in it uh so majority part of that was my wife she really pushed me to she basically kicked me out of the house she's like i'm tired of seeing you <laughs> <laughs> no she she knew my love for dodgeball and she was because she played dodgeball too uh oh, valerie, valerie lerma now valerie win oh okay. um happy she knew my love for dodgeball and she she knew i still wanted to play so she was one that really like forced me to go play but my drive for dodgeball really now is to not let outsiders down i i hate uh letting down the team it's my drive to become better and to keep playing because if i don't then i suck and then i let my team down and i let my team down that's a very sad time for me (laughs) no definitely it definitely is i definitely get the same feelings um but i would argue if anything like you could have your worst day and Joe and Jake and Vaughn will still be there to be like, you know, pat you on the head and or maybe like talk to you to the side and like reinforce that, like whether it be tough love or nurturing love to like keep your head in the game. Because look, I'm gonna tell you this right now. I've had bad games before. 
And I know you're going to have bad games in your future and you've had bad games in the past, but letting them down, I don't think you got to worry about that. Like the, the, the bond (laughs) I see from the outside looking in, like you can have, I mean, it'd be preferred that you don't have 10 bad games, (laughs) but if you, if you do have a bad game stretch here and there, like, I don't see them shifting how they view you or, or, or putting that weight of the world on you like that. Like I, I might see that if you were on other teams and the dynamics might be different, but you have such a family bond with this team and this team alone. I don't see that happening. No. Yeah. I'm, you're a hundred percent right. It's just, I know that's exactly what they would do if I were to be down on myself, but I, I'm very, I'm a very mental player. So yeah. I get in my head a lot. That's fair. So. And when, just for the people at home, when he meant mental, like he's more in his head, not like <laughs> mentally psychotic. I'm crazy, bro. He's, oh, yeah. We've got that from this entire podcast thus far, <laughs> how crazy you can get. Um, <laughs> you're just so crazy. You won't even get your shoulder checked after four years. Yeah, I need you to get that done. But <laughs> one day. One day. Um, okay, so let's talk about role models. I know you mentioned um, – you know, some veterans, some players that you were starstruck by, but let's talk uh, role models in the game and role models you had uh, growing up. Uh, so I, I don't really have role models outside of dodgeball. Um, Fair enough. I guess some gaming teams like optic gaming, like I wanted to become part of that team growing up because I wanted to be a, a gamer, <laughs> a competitive gamer, but dodgeball wise, uh, my beginning years, it was Pine and Billy. They were my my big role models, watching them play and trying to emulate things that they would do. Um, now, uh, my role model has to be Elijah Hashimoto. He his drive is insane, and like he, the way he leads us is perfect. The way he, the way he just commands us, not commands, but he gets to you. Yeah. He does. He does it in such a good way that it just it it brings that fire out of us. So, so you would compare him to say Mike Tomlin or like one of those coaches who stay in, a, in an organization for a long time, like a Bill Belichick, like someone who's who leads multiple groups, multiple personnel, and gets the same result out of him. You see that in him? Uh, yeah. Like he he uh, he's a huge Kobe Bryant fan. He loves yeah, the Mongols. That's where we bonded over. Yeah. Yeah. So I see that a lot in him too. And he knows as well. He brings the best out of all of us. So yeah, his ears aren't burning right now. Um <laughs> <laughs> nah, we love you, Elijah. So do you who are your rivals? Who are your who are the teams that are players that you love to play against, whether it be nationals or at a local event? So um I'm sure outsiders can agree to this, uh, but me personally, as a team, when we play against Anarchy, we always have such great games. The way we match up with each other, it just it'll, it'll make for a very exciting game. And the games we had so far this year have been all bangers. So I'm excited for Nationals. Hopefully, we match up with them. Match up with them. Hopefully, in a finals. And it's it's always great playing with them. It's a very it's a fun rivalry that we have between you and um, Anarchy. Yeah, yeah, uh, I, I would I would say that because um, I was I was look I was looking at a bunch of outsider clips or games earlier today, and I was thinking it could be outsiders, could be elevation, 
or if we're going further back in in, in the past, probably wrecking balls at times. Gonna know wrecking balls is kind of nipping at the heels as far as top four in the South was concerned. But I was thinking like, who else could really, who else would I classify as a rival to them? And I probably would have said Heat in the past, but they're not here. So yeah, Anarchy is probably the only one standing that would make that list. <laughs> yeah, and of course we got uh, Billy, Billy Schmidt and Casey Moses that live down here now. So it's we all practice together. We're getting each other better, and then we go on the court and we play against each other and try to. That was also up. something I was going to bring up <laughs> after that. You had two outsider players who, I mean, as far as I know, they lived everywhere. They lived out here in San Diego. Um, I know Casey moved to, to to Texas. I know Billy was in Virginia. Somehow they all back into Texas. So without giving trade secrets away, what is it like having those intense, what I call sparring sessions when you, when you practice with them? <laughs> um, it's great. It's, it's, uh, it's honestly been a blessing that Billy has gone down here. Uh, he really started, started back up the competitive scene, like the competitive practices that we had since the pandemic hit. Um, uh, it's, it's great. Like it gives us someone to play against. Uh, it sucks that like, after the pandemic, majority of the South team kind of just dissipated. Yeah. So it's it was just outsiders. And it's – we can get good practices once in a while with each other, but after so many times of playing against each other, it's kind of just like, are we really helping ourselves? Um, but since Billy and Casey got out, it kind of gave us a different kind of practice, I guess. Like, I don't know. Not We're not playing against each other. We're actually playing against very highly competitive people now. So – and they would bring in – other people as well. Sometimes they would have anarchy come down and we would have some scrimmages and it's just been an overall great time that whenever they come or whenever they move down. So, I mean, I, I heard about this in a previous interview, but you're crediting Billy and, and Casey for helping revive or in the very least stabilize the competitive season in, in Texas, in Dallas. Yes. hundred percent. Uh, with the help of Tom Wakefield, uh, Billy Schmidt was the one basically that led the competitive scene to come back in Dallas. So that's awesome. Billy doing great things out there. Yeah. <laughs> but we miss him, so we want him back. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get that in there. Don't don't worry about that. <laughs> um <laughs> So, Mister, I hate stretching. Um, other than stretching, do you have any other pregame rituals? Um, so whenever I get to the venue, I like to, I like to put my, my shoes on the court. I want to feel how the court feels. I want to know how it is being under the lights, how this, I need to feel the atmosphere of where I'm playing. I need to know what it feels like. I need to know what it sounds like. And then, um, obviously stretch and that's pretty much it. <laughs> that's, that's interesting. Um, I kind of do something similar. Well, like this is com coming from like my karate or kickboxing days, whatever. Like I'll go into the I'll, or I'll go into the court or I'll go into the ring and like touch the four corners kind of thing. I kind of do that. Like when yeah. with dodgeball. So let's say for example, I get the after the captain's being, we get the 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 sheet right. Um, I'll, okay, I'll say okay, I'm on court three. So before anything happens. I'm on court three, like just like in the in the in the court, like touching the four corners, just like all right, I gotta get ready for this. But you kind of yeah. do that with the whole like gym, don't you? Yeah, I, I need to I need to feel the 
the atmosphere. I need to feel the gym air. <laughs> you need to feel the gym air. Yeah. <laughs> I need <laughs> so, it to touch me. Yeah. You're on some spiritual Goku stuff <laughs> at that point. Um, <laughs> you need to summon that spirit bomb. You need, if I catch you in the gym doing this, I'm going to just tell everyone to leave your shoulders. Fine. I'll do it at nationals. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Hey guys, I'm just letting you know if you just look up Goku Spirit Bomb because I know this is an audio podcast. If he has his arms up like this, <laughs> y'all in trouble. Um, <laughs> just letting you know right now. He, I call cap on this. This shoulder <laughs> fine. Um, <laughs> and um, what's in your pregame uh, playlist? So I used to, um, I used to listen to music before I would play, and I realized like. It didn't really help me too much. Mm. Um, so I stopped listening to music. I my I guess my pregame music isn't really music, it's dodgeball ASMR. <laughs> by what I mean by dodgeball ASMR is when you get to the gym, you hear the balls hitting the, the wall, you hear the yeah. squeaky shoes, and just being in the environment of dodgeball is what gets me into the zone. Okay, that, that makes sense because um feel like I've kind of gotten that way myself. Like I'll listen to music at home, but once I get to the gym, I'm just like, I'm in my, my own zone. Just like, let me hear the rubber colliding against the wall or foam or whatever. Let me hear the people, you know, screw in the, the, the nets or whatever, you know, just like the little chitter chatter that happens. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I can get you said dot that's gonna be the new one dodgeball asmr i <laughs> i hate the fact that i never put that t- together in my mind until now i hate that <laughs> okay um and what got you into uh podcasting um so post pandemic after pandemic um there wasn't very much dodgeball content there wasn't any dodgeball tournaments going on so there wasn't like any gopro videos or uh like any any live streams or anything um the dodgeball podcast was just ran by you at this time i think i think i don't i think steven was still on his hiatus um this would have been like two years ago yeah he was deployed Mm -hmm. and i think the woman of dodgeball podcast had stopped uh miles uh gym or dodgeball fit i forgot what this was called it was miles garner's podcast um basically like all the I remember all the that. other all the other dodgeball podcasts had stopped making content and it was just you with the dodgeball podcast so i was like there needs to be more dodgeball <laughs> content we need to have dodgeball be talked about again because i feel like it was dying so really? not dying but like no one was talking about dodgeball like okay, no, there was no dodgeball content going around so i i had meant to start it in the beginning of 2023 january but uh stuff happened now my son's finally sleeping through the night so that's really what motivated me to be able to do it so so wow um now now i think about it, like yeah steve was deployed steve was deployed about two years ago and yeah that was the season i, I took over but looking at, looking back on it i'm like yeah i don't think there was any other content other than like a few episodes coming out of Europe and the UK that I was following like there wasn't that many because they started playing before we did mm-hmm. there wasn't anything states now you know what that that's going to get in my head I'm going to find out what the name of that podcast was because I also listened to that one with Miles mm-hmm. Miles and Brett Hadwin um, yeah guys if you're listening please come back 
<laughs> I, I need content to listen to. <laughs> yeah. So you you just you you saw a void and you felt the need to fill it. Yeah, and it's funny because I have I have pretty pretty bad uh, social anxiety. And I was like, what what the reason why I didn't start it in the beginning of twenty twenty three was like I don't know if I could do it. I don't know if I could talk to people. I like I have a little bit of a stutter. Like I I was very down on myself like to not do it, but I was just like it needs to happen. Mm-hmm. So I just went ahead and did it and your first guess was um dylan cruz and i want to tell you something i don't think i've ever said this out loud or to you anyway you you got on me for stealing perry you stole (laughs) dylan from me first fool (laughs) but you know know what i want to say this i want to say this i'm glad you did because he was always on my radar and i always noticed the kind of dog he was and i felt and i'm gonna say this to you now because you're here I don't know him as well as you do, but I felt you got the most out of him. I felt yeah. you did a really good job with it. And when I heard that interview, I'm like, oh shit, okay, all right. Kim Kim knocked it <laughs> out the park with this one. I mean, Dylan Cruz is solid, but you knocked it out the park with this one. You were able to get to him, to, you, you allowed him to open up. Yeah. And uh, that, that was awesome. And I was like, you know what? I'm a fan. This guy, he's going to knock it out the park. He's going to knock it out the park. So I was just like, yeah, I, as much as I produce content, I'm a fan of content. Yeah. That, I, that same. <laughs> I, I love your uh, episodes. I've, I've listened to every every episode. So it's been great. <laughs> but actually, my first episode was with Brandon Officer. <laughs> no. Was it Brandon Officer that was your first? Yeah. I think Dylan was my second one. Okay. I must have listened to it out of order then. No, you're good. But yeah, Dylan, he practically carried that interview. Like he, he helped me get the best out of myself as well. Like it, it was, it was just great. Up, a really great episode. Yeah, definitely. You know what? No, you're right. You're right. Brandon Officer was first, but I listened to. I, I just looked at my phone. Brandon Officer was the first one, but Dylan, for whatever reason, I just clicked on that one first. But yeah, now that would, you knocked it out the park. Um. That's it's very interesting. You say you, you have a tough time talking to people because I don't know if it's editing or or, or not because you sound very comfortable talking to the guests that you have, like uh, talking to Shota, talking to Joe, talking to Jake, talking to Billy on that recap. Like, yeah, I'm kind of listening to your catalog here. I mean, <laughs> you, you have a, a way to connect with people, and you know, speech anxiety or not, like I think people can can catch that connection in audio form yeah uh, it's a lot of fake confidence and a lot of sweating um <laughs> sweating I'm, I'm i get so nervous on these interviews like i'm getting better with it as i keep producing more uh more episodes but i before i started this podcast i i was really bad with anxiety like i'll be sitting next to you and i would want to say something and i eventually don't and then we kind of just walk our separate ways and then i regret not saying something <laughs> uh but yeah it, like if if i ever look mad and like i'm just sitting by myself it's not anyone's fault it's my my anxiety <laughs> i i have to i have to tell people that way <laughs> that same thing too um because sometimes like this this will be me i'll just look at you like this and you're probably thinking oh he's, he's gonna kill somebody no i'm <laughs> just i'm literally just thinking about whatever random thing that's on my mind i just have a resting killer face I, i've come to realize that like i'm always conveying like like I'm going to kill someone, but really I'm just like thinking of, hmm, I shouldn't have dropped that catch. 
Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, no, that was that was a good game. That was a good game by Rise over there. That's really good. That's really good. But I could have that same American Psycho look on my face. <laughs> the do not approach me kind of face. The face that says I'm stretching in my mind. Leave me alone. Kind of. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> no, I feel you on that one. That's that's almost me, basically. <laughs> like I could literally be. I could be watching wrestling like this. <laughs> and you wouldn't know who I'm cheering for. I could be cheering for the good guy or the bad guy, and I'm just like this. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> great for for us because we understand it, but for the people who don't understand it, it's like, oh, these guys are psychos. Yeah, these guys are weirdos. <laughs> <laughs> so you saw a need, you felt the need to fill it. But I have I have a feeling, like everyone, we are all influenced by other like forms of media. Were there any other podcasts that you were listening to? before you decided your own and were there any lessons you took from how they did it and how you're how you uh host interviews um i listened to a lot of the women adult podcast shout out jenny hodge if she's listening to this uh oh, she, she should she bring will, it back she's coming back she's coming back yeah no i saw a post on that i think last week she's coming back yeah i saw that too i was like i'm excited that more dodgeball content is coming out there but i listened to a lot of hers but it was really from the dodgeball podcast uh mainly obviously you and steve's interviews throughout these years is really what motivated me and inspired me to make my own podcast so so you didn't listen to like any other like non-dodgeball podcast at all you're just a hundred percent all in on the sport oh yeah uh i mean i'll, I'll listen to like some serial killer podcasts and stuff but yeah mainly, i don't know if you can convey a serial yeah, killer no. <laughs> podcast to an interview it doesn't really compare i don't know if quite. it does but, no it was really just from, straight from dodgeball podcast Thank you. Um, I I would have thought you said like Joe Rogan or something like that, but I'm like, okay, he he listens. He's a hundred percent all in on dodgeball. Got it. Um, damn, what was my next one? All right, so let's get to some of these uh, crowdsource questions. Um, Joey was really happy about this, by the way. Crossover episode. I'm like, it's part crossover, but more so getting your story out there and getting people to put some respect on your name people whose names you will hear once you get to that national stage or international stage, I believe it. Um, I I threw this one in there just because I wanted to have some fun with it. In the episode with uh, with Chris Wheeler, you made an interesting blunder at the beginning. Did you notice it during and played it cool or did you realize it in post while editing? You you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. (laughs) You you called me out on it real quick. uh so i didn't realize it until post i actually i started off the podcast saying that welcome to the dodgeball podcast when <laughs> i am the rushdown podcast uh it's just over all these years listening to the dodgeball podcast saying all i hear is like the dodgeball podcast just rolls off your tongue it's, it's just so nice and like it was just embedded in my mind, I guess, and just rolled off my tongue. <laughs> I just, it, 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 the funny thing about it was, I don't think Chris picked up on it. He just went with it. Yeah. <laughs> this was something you realized in post, though. Yeah, 100%. I, I listened to the first second. I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to get copyrighted. <laughs> nah, don't worry. Our, lawyer, our lawyers are okay. You're fine. Um, <laughs> we will not be seen, sending a cease and desist. <laughs> um you okay now i'm gonna save this one for last you ask your guests their opinion the state of dodgeball uh, state of the usa dodgeball now i ask you what is your opinion on the state of it and what if any changes you'd like to make um before we get into that like great 
uh, honestly great or awesome shout out to Jake Mason and all the stuff uh, with him and Brandon Tigner that did before this year. They did everything they could, and it was so great product. Um, they got their butts whooped, and they gave us the best that they could, and huge shout out to them. And sure. now the transition to this year, they just got handed the board just got handed like this, this product and you're like, here, this is all your guys. And they're doing the best they can. And they did an amazing job this year. Uh, this, this year, I felt like ran so smoothly. I heard some stuff about Phoenix, but it was their first, their Literally first, their tournament. first. Yeah. I was there. And they learned from it and they've, they haven't looked back since. And I'm really looking forward to nationals and how great this term is going to be as well. For sure. Um, so you, you, so you pretty much you just shouting them out like for the prog- progression they made from that Phoenix mistake. Yeah, like they they listened to the people. They they realized their own mistakes and they they kept or not capitalized, but they they fixed their mistakes and they they actually went through with their word and now they have an amazing product, an amazing system. Sweet, well, that's good to hear. Um, next question. What is the one topic you want to discuss that had yet been brought up and why? So I, I had thought about this question for a little bit. I was like, I don't know if I have a topic that I needed to add, but something I need to do is I need to, I need to start getting some women on my podcast. I've reached out to some, it, it had fell through, but um, I really need to get some, some women on the podcast. It would be really great. I love listening to people's stories and to see, see how it is on the woman's side would be really great. So more like diversifying your uh, interview pool. Yeah. hundred percent. Like the reason why I, I had the people that I had on recently is just cause my, my comfortability. Yeah. Like I'm getting people that I'm very comfortable with. So I'm able to break out of my shell essentially so I can get used to this and give a better product and not be a, a nervous wreck with someone I don't know. <laughs> well, that that's actually a, a very interesting point you brought up because during the first couple of interviews, and this is gonna sound, tell me if this sounds very, like I was over in my, in over my head, you know, as far as what I was thinking. So back in season three, this would have been 2019, um, I brought the idea up to Steve, like, hey, I have some friends internationally that you know we could definitely you know bring on an interview right so i gave him a list of people to reach out to he interviewed and um yeah he interviewed them and that was great and a couple people on that list or a couple other people on that list that he didn't interview reached out to me privately and said you know you should probably interview people internationally because you know them better You, you talk to us a lot more and i'm like do people really want to hear my voice though? <laughs> like, do people, am I really going to be the person that people want to listen to while I'm sharing your story and we're having banter or whatever? I'm in over my head. This is 20, 2019. Now 2020 comes around. And I want to say, I, I want to say it was the end of the episode where Steve had all the women of the South on. He had Deanna, he had Jen Woodley. Kirsten, Steve, uh, uh, Becky, was it Becky and um, Steve, uh, Kirsten, Kirsten Stevens? And at the end of that episode, he he said something like, "If anyone would like to to co-host or do an interview, you know, let me know." And I'm like, well, "I've been working behind the scenes. I can like give this international thing a shot." And now, 
almost a hundred episodes later and three years later, I'm, I'm here. And I'm like, yeah, like you, the way I started that, I started that literally with my closest friends. The first yeah. 10 episodes were people I met and played with and played against at the British open that year. Cause I got to go play dodgeball in England before we couldn't. That's awesome. <laughs> and I, and I want to say this now before anyone, if you want to prove yourself as a cloth team in the States, you got to go out there and, you know, you got to go out there and one of them opens, get your ass kicked and learn something. Cause I'm telling you right now, like I, I say this to anyone, matter of fact, I'll even say it to anarchy and I know they're going to hear me. You guys want to <laughs> show some uh, dominance and I want to say congratulations on, you know, winning the cloth open in, in Canada. That's awesome. I want to see you do that over there in the British open. You guys can find it in you. You guys can find the time, maybe schedule it, schedule that. I'd like to see what you guys can do over there. Cause I think you guys are going to do great over there. But you guys need to be tested first. So <laughs> that would be awesome. That would be awesome. Right. So, but yeah, I started that when I started my like first 10, first 15 episodes were literally people I met there. And then I started reaching out to others. So yeah, like you are, it is not, not uncommon. Yeah. And you're thriving in this international pool of players. Like you are, these episodes <laughs> you've been kicking out are great. So <laughs> Yeah, it's a network I made over the years, and uh, it's it's paying off for me, I guess. Um, what is the one topic you've discussed in the episode? Okay, so we pretty much tackled everything um, as far as the questions are concerned. But I kind of want to turn the tables a bit and give the, the audience, the people at home, uh, a chance to preview what it would be like for you to interview me. So any questions you have prepared? Yeah, of course. Be- Hit, hit me with some heavy hitters, man. Yeah. Um, so first off, uh, when are we going to see you at a at a tournament? <laughs> I know you're going uh, to Euros. When's the next uh, North well, American tournament going to come? Wait, to? what about? I'm not. Who said I was playing Euros? I thought you were going to Euros. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm going to Euros. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to be um, part of their um, the media team. So okay. I might be either helping with the camera or you know doing some commentating. This year has been rough. I will say that scheduling wise it has been rough for me. Um, and honestly, I just need to get back into it kind of, cause even though the game is coming back, it's not, how do I say it? Contrary to popular opinion, LA is only half back. If that mm-hmm. makes sense. There was a point in time where I, I shit you not you from Anaheim to Burbank. Um, you could play seven days a week. But realistically, now you only play about two, maybe three. Mm-hmm. You have the the free one that I know was mentioned with Connor uh, up in Burbank on Friday. You have, well, now you have the women's league that starts, I believe, on Wednesday. And then you have another, you have a league in right by LAX, which is an hour and a half south of me that um, plays on Mondays. Now I could probably do that one. That's just more of a journey. But what I've started doing is um, running out like handball handball courts nearby and having uh, scrimmages that way. But probably not this year, but hopefully next year I'll I'll sprinkle some USA stuff in there in between my trips between England and in Mexico. Yeah, that'd be great. I miss seeing you out there at those tournaments. I feel like the last time I seen you was at FDC. Literally, yeah, FDC. Yeah, <laughs> but no, I'm not retired. It just, just this year has been up and down scheduling wise. 
of course. Hope to see you out there in the courts again. For sure, man. Um, uh, another question I got was, go for it. Uh, what is your your driving force behind these podcasts? Like, what what keeps you cranking out these episodes? Um, well, that's that's gonna be kind of deep. <laughs> um, so for me, I've always I've always liked listening to people's stories regardless of how similar or how different they are. And I think for most of the episodes I've had, you know, some women, some men, they've shown that even if they're in different countries, they hear some of the same jokes that we hear. They hear some of the same stuff that we hear as far as, can you dodge a wrench? Like all that stuff. Yeah, I dodge traffic, whatever. (laughs) But I think what keeps me going is the fact, is is part like like a two-part question. The fact that I don't want to stop and in the fact that I have literally like a list. So every, I always say I, I'm not finished until my list is over. Mm-hmm. Now, let's say when I started the, when I started doing my interviews, I had like 15 people on that list, but that 15 went down to five, went up to 20, went up to 30, went down to 15, went up to 50, went up to hundred, went down <laughs> to 80. So you see how with every new thread, I'm opening yeah. a new, a new, you know, chapter, a new story, a new, country a new player that wasn't a part of my network and now is so i always say like i don't want to stop until that that list reaches zero and it's very difficult to because (laughs) it's like you're you know going from 15 to 5 to 50 to 80 to 70 to 100 and like you you can kind of see how getting to zero is not what i want to do but if it does happen i think that would be that would be like you know just put me in the hall of fame (laughs) with with Joe Rogan or something. Cause I think I'm going to have like a thousand episodes before I'm done. Yeah. But I, awesome. that, but it's that. And it's also, it's, it's kind of like, and, and Steve said this before, like he, you go to a hall of fame, you let's say you go to the baseball hall of fame, right? Uh, I don't know where that is. We'll just say it's in Florida. So oh. <laughs> you go out there and you see your favorite, you know, players from the past or your dad's favorite player that you never got to see. You know, now you're, you're, you're seeing that guy's jersey. You're seeing that, you know, 1,000 home run ball or whatever it is. You're seeing that glove they caught it with or whatever. And you may not know it, but that story is being told through these items. Yeah. That story is being told through the, the eyes of your dad who took you to this museum, hypothetically. You know, that mm. story is being told numerous times over throughout the day whenever the, the museum lady or whoever is, you know, grant, giving you that tour. Like that story is being told constantly about that guy in the home run or whatever. I wanted to give people that opportunity to share it. Granted, on an international stage, but now you have a couple people locally. I interviewed Cam- uh, Cameron Parkey, uh, or Cam Parkey, sorry, uh, Gage Young. Like I started interviewing local talent as well, but I wanted to give the international audience a chance to record their home run, so to speak. Like, these guys are awesome people, awesome women I've interviewed, and there's going to be plenty more after, after this one. So <laughs> it just, I didn't want to miss a home run. Like if there was a home run, I wanted someone to hear it and relive it. Of course. Yeah. I love, I love <laughs> listening to your podcast and like hearing these, these player stories I've never heard of and listen to how they play dodgeball and what's their, their, their motivation is it's awesome. Like, I love the episodes. <laughs> You're doing a great job. No, thanks, man. But yeah, it's, it's essentially like, how do I say this? Almost like a parent. Like, let's say if your kid, you know, picks up like a plush toy or whatever and launches it across the living room, you'd be like, babe, grab the phone, grab the phone. And you're going to grab it on your, you're, you're recorded on your phone. My, my 
kid got an arm. Yeah. And he, like I want to capture every great player that I can. Mm-hmm. I mean, granted, I'm not the father of every great player, but I just wanted to put that analogy out there to make it more uh, relevant and hit home. So essentially you're saying that you will never stop making episodes. <laughs> <laughs> if the list keeps expanding and, and stuff like that, yeah. Like my, my major thing is these are people I've talked to. These are people like a lot of the interviews, like I can, I can tell you only 10% of the people I've interviewed, I really don't know. Yeah. A lot of them are people I've, I've known for a long time. A lot of them, like one of them being Brett Koenig, I've known him for seven years. I've been playing for 13. <laughs> like one of my closest friends, her name is Hannah. And I stayed with her um, and her family out there in, in Northern Ireland. And we've been friends for about three years. She's one of my dogs for life. Mm-hmm. Her and her family. Like I want to capture every great moment, every great player that I can. Yeah. For, for I can't. For, for it's done. Yeah, that's it's <laughs> great. All the work you've done. Thanks. <laughs> uh, so I got one more question for you. Go for it. Um. So, you've you've uh, traveled frequently. I don't know how how often you travel to your or like international European tournaments. What is it like over there? Because I've never been to an international tournament. And what is it like getting out across the ocean and going to these dodgeball tournaments? I mean, okay. This is going to be kind of a long-winded answer, but you're going to find out whether you're in you know, England or in Northern Ireland or in Mexico. The game is essentially the same, but the setup is slightly different one way or the other. Um, case in point, when you go to England – um when you go to england every team has matching uniforms matching tops shorts maybe they have a warm-up jacket and warm up like 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 they show up as a team they show up dressed as a team and when they're refing they're given um either a different shirt or they have to bring another shirt to, to ref in you know to be professional it's more i find that and this is not to be a dig at any anything um, USA related or not, because I, I went to Mexico and I saw similar things. I went to the UK and I saw similar things. Um, the setup there is very, how do I say? It's, I don't want to say player driven, but I want I don't want to say player driven, but a lot of it is already taken care of. Like you don't have to worry about getting a teammate to ref for you or anything like that because they have the refs there, um, with the exception of some tournaments where you may need to have a a, a, a player hop in and, a, as a ref every now and then, which to my experience doesn't happen as often. But when you go there, you just show up, you have your stuff to the side. I know in Mexico they had this like big ceremony where they introduce all the teams. Um, in England they didn't really do that, but it's very formal, very professional setting, if that makes sense. Uh, but the, the one thing I will say here is over here, we, damn, I'm really, I'm really trying to put it together in my head. Uh, players kind of just show up and they're expected to go to like separate meetings. Like, okay, you got your captain's meeting and then you have your refs meeting after. There's none of that over there. Um, just captain's meeting and that's it. And so the setup is a lot smoother. Um, very rarely have I noticed anything ever going late. 
I, I, I honestly think it comes down to the setup up top because I don't know if they're a nonprofit or not. Uh, that's a different <laughs> uh, hurdle to talk about another time, I guess. But um, but I would say the difference between over there and over here, over here, you have to think about, okay, which one of my teammates is refing this court, that court, that court, or whatever. Over there, it's kind of just you're in your corner, you come to your court when you're assigned, and that's that. So it's a lot more like they lead the cattle, so to speak, <laughs> if yeah. that makes sense. <laughs> it's more catered, catered, that's where it's more catered to the players in that right. sense. Yeah. And what's like the the environment? Like what are, how are the people like and how is like the after parties? How, how is that? Um, well, in Mexico, we didn't really have an after party thing, but in the UK, like it – you know, every every team has their own setup. Like you'll have some teams that'll team, you know, party together, and other teams will party together. But generally, like it's pretty much can you can you hang? And what I mean, can you hang? Is they'll be giving you liquor, beer, and beer and beers. So you'll be drinking your body weight. I drank my body weight in Guinness, and nearly suffered. That but that was a way to go. Um, <laughs> but I will say, like you go over there, you better be ready to hang. And I know you guys from the south always say, "Oh, we ain't got no last call out here or whatever." <laughs> I want to see you have that same energy when you go up to London. I want to see that same energy when you go up to, to Manchester. I want to see that same energy going up to Aberdeen. I want you guys to have that same energy. They talk about no no last calls or nothing. I want to see how you can hang <laughs> with them. You representing USA of all things now. Those Europeans are both different though, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, honestly, like I would say the after parties kind of remind me, or the after tournament parties remind me of what a West Coast tournament would be like, um, like you, you literally like after any West Coast tournament, especially one out here in LA, you'll see a bunch of players go to, um, and I live on Hollywood Boulevard. So it's like 10 minutes from me. It's the, what's that? What's the name of that park? BJ's? No, it's not BJ's. Um, I hate This will come to me in post and I fucking hate it. it does, but there's this like, almost like this arcade adult arcade that happens mm. like it's on Hollywood Boulevard uh, I'm gonna remember it once we're done recording but a lot of players will go there they'll they'll play dodgeball on the on the machine um there's laser tag in there there's skee ball and all that but you're doing it while you're drunk so just imagine <laughs> that but you're over in the UK and that's pretty much a UK tournament in a nutshell that's awesome <laughs> like if, yeah. if you're not if you're not like holding your, your teammate like this and talking about, man, I love you, bro. I love you. You got to do that drunk thing too. And like, bro, I get you, bro, but you, your breath stank. But if you're not leaving the bar at the end of the night like that, you ain't do it right. That's, that's the, that's a good night right there. That's a good night. Man. You, you stumbling into your Uber and everything. You realize you got into the wrong one. Don't worry. I'm not going to share that story. Um, yeah, I got into the wrong Uber one time. That's but, brutal. <laughs> brutal but it was, the funny thing about it was we were both going to the same place anyway oh that's so, good <laughs> it was kind of funny like yeah so i hopped in uh another player's um uber and they hopped into mine because i guess they had the same kind of car but i guess the other player was staying literally next to me so we we're <laughs> essentially going the same way i'm like you took my ride fool <laughs> <laughs> what a weird coincidence and they're literally next door to me i didn't even know that <laughs> but that's awesome no, I, pro I promise you like the 
if, if you go if you go to like UK or even Mexico, like you 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 will be showered with love. I promise you that. Yeah, hopefully, I, hopefully, I make the claw team and can go to Austria next year. So, go for it, man. Go goal. for it. I'm already telling you right now, man. I got people out there. <laughs> we we gonna be fine. Trust me, we gonna be yeah. fine. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much all the questions I got for you today. Okay, um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, for and just for the people at home, for any women that want to be on this uh, podcast with with Kim. He's going to knock it out the park with you. Trust me. He's going to make you feel as comfortable as I hopefully made him. <laughs> that's going to be a fun experience for you. I'm just going to throw that, that out. Appreciate um, that. So I always ask this question at the end. It's called the legacy question. So how would you like to be remembered once you step off the court for the final time? Uh, the dreaded legacy question. So... At the, the many years I've listened to the dodgeball podcast, I was, I've always wanted to be on the dodgeball podcast. So I always envision myself like while I'm listening to these episodes, like, how would I answer this question? <laughs> and I can never, I can never figure out an answer. And I think the best answer I can give is that I was just a dodgeball player and I was a nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> You're more than that, man. You're, I know it's just you're a solid you're you're more than a you know more than just a good guy you're a solid dude man you really are I mean granted might be a little soft-spoken might be a little nervous but we get past all that and we get to see the real you you're a gamer you're a dork but you're a killer player on the court you're a part of a family that potentially go for the national title you have a nice family a very supportive family at home you have a wife that's going to kick you out the house to play. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that doesn't happen. <laughs> you know, like you, you, I, I, what I want to say with you is you're a solid player. Definitely deserve to be on the cloth team. But what I will say, not just for you, but for the people at home, you're doing a lot of great work with your content. You knocked out a lot of great episodes and as a friend, I'm cheering for you. As a fan, I can't wait for the next one. But overall, man, I love you. I'm glad you're, you know, taking, you're dipping your toes in the content creating game. I hope to see you on the international stage. I hope to see you in Austria. And just to let you know, your, your story is not over. This question is not to cement that your story is over now. It's just how would you end it if it were to end now? So maybe you'll have a better answer seven years down the road when you start losing your hair like i do <laughs> but um i hope you do realize like you you were on my list for a reason and you know you made a, you made a lot of positive impacts with me in the few times that we have talked and i just figured you know what this is your time share your story and if you feel justified in it then i feel honored in doing so so just keep that with you hopefully <laughs> hopefully you'll get over your nerves in recording <laughs> That'll 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 take time, but I hope to see you make a hundred episodes just like I did. That's Thank my you. that's my uh my my wish for you, man. I'm a fan yeah. of you, I'm a fan of the content. Keep it up, brother. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Oh <laughs> core memory unlocked. <laughs> <laughs> core memory unlocked. That was great. That, Pretty much got an audio high five on that one, man. Yeah, that was beautiful. I, I, for sure, man. I, I'm a fan of content and I just want to see you 
blow up with it. And the reason I wanted to have you on is to give other people that listen to me a chance to listen to you and to hear some of the stories that they may not know of. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. If this helps positively, I feel honored for it. <laughs> it's going to inspire me, make a bunch of episodes. So <laughs> <laughs> watch it. Watch. I'm going to get a notification next week and three new episodes dropping out. I'm like, hold on, bro. We got to spread them out. I spread them out. This you got to you got to spread them. Out. <laughs> I was cranking them out at an absurd rate. Yeah, you you're gonna yeah you're gonna start cranking them out so much. I'm gonna have to be like, all right. So you get the Tuesday release, I get the Friday. Steve gets the Wednesday. That's how we're gonna do it. We don't have custody days. We don't have a custody battle over which day. days of the week. Days of the week. So let's see. Um, damn, Miles, if they come back. Miles, they could have the Thursday slot. You could have the Tuesday slot. <laughs> I'll have the Friday slot. The UK can have their own thing. This is between us. Um, <laughs> Wouldn't that be great, though, if we get to that point? I would love – this is why I love having other, like, content creators and podcasters on. Like, I've had other podcasters on before. Like, I love this. Like, I, I'm I'm not just someone – and it's going to sound like I'm, broken rec- like I'm a broken record – I'm not just someone who produces it. I'm someone who is a fan of it. And I mean, dodgeball content as a whole. So the more, the better, bro. And then I don't know if you caught this new one uh, with Zach from the NDA called uh, 70 Feet. I did. I'll start binging those uh, <laughs> later today. I'm caught up on every episode. He's, he's uh, doing great. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. And I definitely want to check out one of their events soon. But yeah, no, as far as like this year playing dodgeball, um, just going to do Euros and just stay in shape for, for next year and try out for Mexico. Heck yeah. Uh, all right. So um, before we wrap up, do you have any final shout outs you'd like to give or maybe announce who your next guest would be? <laughs> uh, honestly, you, my my uh, guests are basically on the fly. I kind of just <laughs> message them and be like, Fair all enough. right, let's do it. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, but shout outs. I, I got a couple shout outs. Go uh, for first it, of all, big shout outs to my wife, Val. She's, she's maybe the, she, yeah, she made me become the man I am today. She makes me nervous just thinking about her. Um, I love her so much. I love the family that we're creating and will continue to create. Um, shout out to the outsiders family. Uh, they also maybe become the man I become today. Um, they're essentially my second family. Uh, I love each and every one of them. Uh, shout out to, uh, Honestly, uh, Seattle, um, this, the Seattle group, uh, mainly fortune. Um, I really don't know who donated me money, but when we were in the hospital over there, when my wife went to labor, they had, uh, sent me some money and it was, it was a very heart, heartfelt moment when they had Aww. sent me some money, like dodgeball players just gave me money to, to little old me in desperate need. <laughs> Cause we were there for like a month just in the hospital. Yeah. This was after the first thing. Yep. Yep. And yeah, it was, I, I need to, I need to give my thanks. I need to ask Lou who actually sent money. So, but shout out to whoever did send me money. Yo, that, um, that is awesome. I don't think I've ever heard that before. I don't think yeah. you've ever stated that. No, I never stated it. I don't, I don't know if uh, Lou Costa has ever said anything about it, but uh, biggest shout out to them. Um, it it really made me uh made me tear up when they when Lou came through with it. Uh I just need to figure out who who did it. So 
So let, let, let this be uh, – wow, um, I'm kind of stunned by that, to be honest. Not stunned that they did it, just stunned by the gesture, really. Um, this will be my, my personal personal thing. Um, first off, thank you. You guys looked out for my boy. Second, whoever it was that did that, I don't know if it was one or two or three people or the entire team, you guys are legit the real MVPs, man. That was awesome. Um, yeah. I know you were going through a tough time there. And damn, I'm kind of tearing up just <laughs> that's not even me there. Shit. But whoever did that, um, on Fortune or whoever team, like you guys, uh, you guys even <laughs> struck a chord with me. Shit, <laughs> you yeah. guys even struck a chord with me. I'm almost about to cry. Yeah. Uh, it it, it made it made me love dodgeball in a different way. Whenever they did that for me, so huge shout out to them. Um, honestly, huge shout out to you and Steve for continuing the Audible podcast. You guys inspired me so much to create my own thing. Um, you're gonna you do great things, content. Yeah. You're gonna do great things, brother. Trust me. I got a bottle of champagne ready for you when you crack that hundred. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Uh, if I miss someone out, sorry. Um, I'm just nervously babbling now at this point, so. Uh. <laughs> you'll be all right all right and that was my interview with kim kim thank you so much for hopping on and sharing with us your story and just having fun with me on this episode and i i do highly recommend uh people catch the the rushdown uh he's doing great things um with with his uh podcast and to think that i somehow inspired that in some way it kind of blows my mind but he's filling a need for content and I'm, i'm i'm here for it uh, I want to start off by saying I plan to, I think I've said this already, but I plan to do a uh, Euros buildup. So I'm going to do a series of interviews um, featuring players from, from Europe and in anticipation for Osijek in October. But I want to get into something a little more serious and talk about a dear friend of mine, uh, Chris Bell. Um, I've known this man for... God, almost 14 years, it seems like. Wow, <laughs> I've known him. I mean, to me, he's still a kid, but I've known him for such a long time. Um, he's been on Rampage, been on Team Evil, um, won the national title with with Rise, and um, he's got plenty of accomplishments to his record, but more importantly, he's a good friend. He's a, he's a hardworking, dorky, competitive type of person in the best way I can describe him. And... Um, more than top level player, more than hardworking, <laughs> a hardworking athlete, more than a goofball, more than a fellow gamer. He, he's a good friend of mine and he could really use your help right now. Um, he got into a pretty gnarly accident and um, the GoFundMe link is on the page. I'll be sure to post the link in, under the episode below. Um, he can use all the help you can get. So anything you can do, whether sharing it, for more awareness or donating to his cause, um, help him recover, help him get back on his feet. He's got a long journey ahead of him, but he's got a lot of people that love him. So let's show him that. And with that sign off, I'm going to say, get well, Chris. Hope to see you soon.